Hey everybody, it's Matt Shu from Upright Health and welcome back to the Upright Health Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 and to the very first episode of 2015. I uh, I was missing in action for about a month here on the podcast and I apologize for that. I uh, did not give you any warning. I know some of you were probably worried staying up late at night wondering what happened to me. I am fine. I was on vacation. I was in Europe. I was in uh, Belgium. I was in the Netherlands. I was in Germany and also in Spain. And I had a lot of time to learn a lot of things about myself, about the world, uh, about some of some of you guys out there, uh, some of my fans out there. I did get to meet in Spain. I got to meet uh, one of my biggest fans. Um, his name is Javier. So I do want to say thank you very much for your hospitality, Javier. Probably the most gracious and, and giving host I have ever had the good fortune in my life to meet and stay with. Um, if you ever end up on vacation in Palma, Mallorca, and you want to get a workout in at a great little gym down by the beach, definitely look up the CrossFit Entreno Cruzado out there. It's run by Javier. Um, it is a fantastic little facility, and the philosophy there that uh, Javier infuses into his environment is really fantastic. And uh, it was really an amazing experience to go out there and be able to share share some of the things I know and get to know um, some of the people out there and to practice some of my terrible and rapidly decaying Spanish skills from high school. Um, but in any case, thank you very much, Javier, and everybody else. You can definitely check out uh, CrossFit uh, in Treno Cruzado. Um, should you ever happen to be out in Palma, Mallorca, uh, and say hi to Javier and uh, make sure he's doing his stretches. So there were a couple of um, things that I learned on vacation, and I wanted to share those with you. Um, since this is the beginning of 2015, it's a really good time for us to take stock, learn some lessons, and make sure we can apply them to the year ahead. So I'm only going to share three things, and then I'm going to start asking you some questions. When I start asking you questions, you might want to have some kind of pen or pencil and a piece of paper handy, some kind of writing implement to help you remember what you're about to think about. If you're driving, this is probably not going to be a great idea, but... Uh, maybe later you can remember to take down some notes. So here is what I learned. Number one, I had to relearn this lesson and I feel like I have to relearn this lesson all the time. Number one is vacation is extremely important. And this sounds so stupid and obvious, I think, to many uh, Europeans. I mean, a lot of the Europeans I spoke with on this trip um, it's a foregone conclusion that you take vacation during the year and that you take a pretty good amount of vacation. That means, you know, a four-week vacation, you just sort of disappear, or two weeks, three weeks, you just stop working and nobody bothers you. I feel like in the United States, we lose sight of that very quickly. And um, in the United States, we don't really ever take vacation. We just kind of keep our nose to the grindstone and 
while that may seem like a question of strong work ethic, I think in the end it is actually quite unhealthy. Um, every time I do take a solid vacation, I realize just how restorative it is for my brain and for my body and for everything. And it helps me come back thinking about things a little more clearly, thinking about things with uh, less stress around it. And that helps everything. I mean, it, if we want to think just about our muscles, our muscles can relax better when we actually have a good solid period of decompression and relaxation. So if it's at all possible for you, take a freaking break. So that's anyway, lesson number one that I learned and I intend to hold to that this year. I do intend to take some solid vacations if I can. It doesn't have to be fancy, but some kind of vacation break to recharge. The number two thing I learned that I realized actually coming back from the vacation is I am addicted to distraction and multitasking. Uh, this is something that I think all of us are getting addicted to, whether it's mostly it's because of our smartphones, I think, just having our our iPhones and our Androids glued to our hips or just you know surgically implanted in our palms these things constantly tempt us to look and look and look and see what we can learn and research and whatever or check our email or see if somebody liked our things on facebook and uh, i have very clearly noticed that when i start doing that when i start multitasking my mood falls into the ground my sense of calm and of equanimity, of, of just being able to deal with the world, definitely gets thrown off balance and I get irritable and annoyed and anxious. So one of the things I'm planning on doing this year, I, you could call this a resolution, is to focus and not allow myself, or at least attempt to not allow myself to get caught up in a whirlwind of multitasking. So I am attempting to put in some different, uh, different habits in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. And finally, the number three thing that uh, I learned on vacation is that there is no better food in the world, in the world, than döner kebab in Germany. If you've never had döner kebab, uh, if you're somebody who's from the U.S. and has never been to Germany, it's kind of like Greek uh, Euros pita wraps or shawarma wraps, kind of like that, um, except it's just infinitely more delicious. Um, anybody who's been to Germany and had a doner kebab, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've been to Berlin and just had... Oh man, some of the best kebabs in the world. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to say that in my life I intend to have the opportunity, I hope to have the opportunity to go back to Germany and have kebabs at least two or three more times in my life. It's that good. Um, if you're in Germany, consider yourself very lucky. If you live in Western Europe and you're only a stone's throw away from getting the best kebab in the world, I really envy you. And, um, you know, if you uh, would like to invite me to your house, I will definitely come. So those are the three things I learned. Now, the questions I'm going to throw to you, get out your pen and paper, get ready, because this is going to help you focus for the upcoming year. 
So what is it, if you're somebody who's in pain or somebody who is not necessarily in pain but is just trying to be better, what drives you to get better? What is it that's motivating you? What is the thing that is you know, always in the back of your head that keeps you moving forward? Write it down. If it's multiple things, write them down. Is it something that you miss? This, this is generally uh, particularly um, important for people who are kind of rehabbing themselves, trying to train themselves back to being able to do something, right? What is that thing that you miss? What is the activity that you want to be able to do? For me in my mid-20s, um, the thing that drove me to get better was I had a couple of things, right? I had the desire to play hockey well again. I wanted to be able to wake up without feeling like I wanted to die every morning because, you know, when you wake up and it's just constant pain, you're not very happy. And that's a hard thing to stare at when you're in your mid-20s. It's a hard thing to stare at at any age. So, um, you know, I wanted to play hockey. I wanted to wake up feeling good. I wanted to be able to feel like a man. You know, that maybe is maybe vague to some people, but really I wanted to feel like I had the ability to do things, that I had some level of strength, that I could have some confidence in my ability to perform athletically, to perform sexually, to perform whatever it is, just to be able to stand up out of a chair without pain. Um, those were things that drove me. So think about what's driving you to get better and keep those things in mind as you start pushing yourself into 2015. Um, another question for you to think about is what do you really dream of? So this is obviously related to uh, what drives you, but the dream of something that seems unachievable. What is it that you think you could do, but you're kind of embarrassed to tell other people that you think you should be able to do? You don't have to tell me. Lucky for you, this is a one-way conversation. Um, you don't have to tell me, but you can. You can. You could email it to me if you want to. You can email me at matt, M-A-T-T, at uprighthealth.com if you'd like to share it. And, you know, if you want to do that, I will definitely share that list so that others, you know, so we can all see what everybody is, is dreaming of. Whatever that is, write it down. Keep it in mind. You don't have to show it to others, but again, if you'd like, you can show it to me. And now that you have these two questions, these two major questions down, I want you to think about what thoughts are going to help you get there and what thoughts are not going to help you get there. Years ago, I was taking a meditation course in San Francisco, and um, I heard this, this anecdote from the teacher. And uh, he said he had gone to a, um, to a retreat out in the hills, and he and this group of people had gone out, and there was basically the rules of this retreat were past a certain hour. I think it was basically past like 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. You couldn't eat anymore. And so this... In this um, meditation complex, 
they had this kitchen, obviously, because you could eat at other times, right? The kitchen had food, and the kitchen would provide food for you in the daytime. But past um, past a certain hour, I believe it was something like 5 p.m., you couldn't eat anymore. And, you know, you'd basically just be meditating, and then you'd have to go to bed basically a little hungry, and then wake up and eat in the morning. So the rule was you cannot eat, but the temptation was always there. And in the first few days of this retreat, people couldn't resist the temptation. Food would go missing from the cupboard. Um, it was obvious that people were breaking the rule. And so this came up in discussion one day, and everyone was talking about it and said, well, you know, you know, how do we break the temptation? How do we fight this mental hurdle? What can we do to stop ourselves from breaking down to this temptation? And the... Uh, the retreat leader said, just put a lock on the cabinets, right? Lock the kitchen. And the way I always take this is um, sometimes, yes, you can you can use willpower. You can mentally tell yourself, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. But sometimes you just have to say, you know what, it's just plain not allowed. Uh, I have to short circuit myself. I have to completely lock myself out of doing X, Y, or Z. And so... You know, from a practical standpoint, just as in this uh, in this example, you know, if you're tempted by certain things, sometimes you just need to make sure that the thing that you're tempted to do, that you completely remove the, even the possibility of doing it. To take it a step further, I think once you've done that, I think it's also a very good skill to try to practice is to stop yourself from thinking certain thoughts and just basically laying out the rules for yourself and just say, you know what, you're not allowed to ever think this. I had a, uh, a young guy I coached uh, as an ice hockey goalie a couple of years ago who at the time was, I believe, nine years old. And uh, if you know anything about ice hockey goalies, you know that we tend to be a rather, how shall I put this, a, a mentally disturbed group. And um I think that has to do with the nature of the position. It's very stressful. And only strange people are attracted to the idea of being hit by high-velocity objects. And so, in any case, this kid um, had this habit of saying that he sucked. And he, he was actually an excellent, excellent, excellent goalie. He was, a, he was an amazing uh, goalie. But he had this mental habit of saying, you know, if, a, if he got scored on too many times, he had a mental habit of saying, oh... Coach Matt, I suck. And, you know, initially I started saying, well, you know, you don't suck. You gotta, you, you're actually really good. You look at all the positives, da 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 da. And we did that for a couple months, um, just trying to, trying to help him see the positive side, think positively, da 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 da. You know how it is, right? Just try to, try to focus on the positives. And it just wasn't working. It just simply wasn't working. Um, you know, he'd still mentally break down. He'd still say, oh, you know, I suck, I suck. So eventually I said, you know what? From now on, if you say I suck, you're skating laps. Right? You're just not allowed to say that anymore. You're not allowed to think that anymore. And so he did it one more time. He, he You know, we, at practice, he's like, oh, I suck. I looked at him. He looked at me. And he skated around the ice two laps, came back huffing and puffing. And I said, did you say something? And he said, 
no. And he smiled and he got ready to play. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, well, he probably just kept it inside. But it was actually a pretty remarkable difference in uh, his mental toughness because he knew there was no point in even thinking that anymore, right? A lot of times we just want to think this thought and, and moan and complain or whatever it is. We want to think about maybe I should, whatever, I should just give up. I should, well, I'm never going to get there. Those thoughts may come, but if you start practicing squashing those thoughts and pushing them out and not even giving them the opportunity to be voiced, it's pretty awesome to see what happens to your overall attitude and to your ability to think positively and to think productively. So figure out what thoughts are going to help you achieve your goals. Figure out which thoughts are not going to help you. Block out the crappy ones, focus on the good ones, and move forward bravely in 2015. And please remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't.